0: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star in the Course Creator space this week. And I know I say that every week about every guest, but this person actually is a rock star. A little bit about him. He's the founder and product director at Heights Platform. That is a, a course creation platform. I recommend everybody check it out if you haven't already. I will put the link down in the show notes. Um, he's a creator. He's an entrepreneur. He's a designer. He's a developer. And one thing I find particularly interesting about this man, he's helped thousands of course creators in over 100 countries grow their online businesses. And that's what we're going to speak about today. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Brian, I'm not even going to attempt the surname. Brian, how are you? <laughs> Thanks, John. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Can you pronounce that surname for us? It's Brian McEnulty. Okay. So
1: it's spelled M-C-A, but it's pronounced Mac, McAnulty.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brian, welcome to the show. I've obviously I've um, you know, been following you for a while. I've been on your podcast. Uh, for our listeners that maybe haven't heard of yourself or haven't heard of the Heights platform, do you want to give us just a little bit of background of, of what it is you do?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm the founder of Heights platform, as you mentioned, and we're an online course creation software. Um, essentially, we provide everything you need as a creator, coach, consultant, to monetize your knowledge online so whether that be through building online courses accepting payments uh, membership community um, coaching challenges um, anything like that we're really aiming to provide the kind of tool set for creators um, to be able to focus on doing what they enjoy as a
0: creator and growing their business Awesome. And I'll have that link down in the show notes for anyone that wants to check it out. Um, and also, Brian, I believe you've got a bit of a, a special on at the moment, providing I can I can get this episode released by the end of the month. Do you want to tell the, the listeners a little bit about what you got going on? Sure. Um, yeah, I can mention it uh, a little bit more
1: in uh, detail if you want to stick around to the end of the episode. But we're running a giveaway right now for creators. Uh, we're giving away over $6,000 of tools and equipment. Um, You can check out heightsplatform.com slash giveaway if you want to take a look at that.
0: Awesome. And I'll obviously have that link in the show notes too. Uh, Let's dive into it, Brian. So you've helped thousands of course creators over a hundred countries. I'm going to hand it over to you here. And if you want to spend the next kind of 25, 30 minutes, how did you do it? How did it start? Why did it start? Tell us that story.
1: Sure. Um, So we started as a company, as a web design graphic design studio back in 2009 and uh that had many many things we offered many shifts i guess throughout our our company of what we did um what started as i guess the uh more graphic designs and print design changed more into web changed more into mobile changed more from websites into web applications and uh over time we found that uh, it can be frustrating to work with clients because you try to build something, you're really proud of it, and then they want to go and mess it all up. Mm-hmm. So we thought to ourselves, well, how can we spend more of our time and building our own products? So we made it a goal to uh, spend, uh, first, the first goal was to spend 50% of our time building our own products and 50% on client work. And uh, we did that. We launched a couple different things with varying levels of success. And um, leading up to Heights Platform, I tried e-commerce stores, uh, digital products, um, all all kinds of things. Uh, you name it, I guess. And um, uh, I've had very varying levels of success with those different things. Um, but ultimately, um, started working on Heights Platform in 2015 because. I'd seen that there were more and more people building these online courses. And I didn't really feel satisfied with what was out there um, as a tool to build your course. And um originally I was thinking, well, I'm gonna build my own course. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not satisfied with these t- tools, so let's build our own version. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, that became our full consuming thing, and now that's all we do. We are Heights platform, course creation software. Um, I didn't really, I stopped. Thinking about working on the courses and just completely went all in on the software. Um, and I think for me, really, uh, Heights platform is like the perfect accumulation of everything that I worked on before um in my skill set, meaning that I learned how to build digital products, um, specifically web applications, really, really well from doing it for so many clients. Um, we've built software that's been used by millions and millions of people. And um, I understood selling online as a creator and going through all of that. And so really building this web product was the perfect fit for what I'd done. Also, I guess kind of some of the other products we'd built in the past had been kind of similar models where there is a business owner who is selling part of using the software to sell to their end customer. Um, And Heights is kind of the same because you're building your own account, you're branding it your own way, and then... Selling courses and coaching to your own and clients.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about that story there. Like you started building it. Did you sell it straight away? Was there like a, a pre-launch? How did you find people to to launch it to? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. That that's a, a great question. So um, when we first built it, um, we were still, I guess, in the phase of like uh, it wasn't like as soon as we started building it, it was, this is a hundred percent what we do now. Um, it wasn't really until, uh, the end of 2018 is kind of when we publicly launched it and said, Hey, everybody, here it is. Um, but even when we did that, um, we actually kind of soft launched it. So we didn't really make big noise about it, um, intentionally. Um, I think we, we did some things to kind of grow the email list and things like that beforehand, but, um, we were really, um, slow and like deliberate about how we promoted it in the beginning Mm. and uh the reason we chose that and i think it was the right approach is because a lot of times in the startup tech world everybody talks about building your minimum viable product so Mm. like what's the minimum amount that this software can do to test if the marketplace wants to use it and for something like heights platform there it doesn't feel like there really is a minimum viable product in that traditional sense because it just has to do everything. It just—it's a really complex software, mm. and so we wanted to. We basically we knew what the software had to do, and we wanted to keep working on that and get it at least to a certain point before we promoted it uh, more and more. So the promotion uh, really started happening um, in January of 2020, um, which, uh, in a way, good,
0: good was good time for it, right?
1: Yeah, in a way, was a good time for us. Uh, the uh, the pandemic was a, a horrible thing in a lot of ways. I'm actually just getting over a COVID now uh, oh, for yeah. the first time. Uh, that was not a very fun experience, but... Yeah.
0: Um, first, Wait, first before... time, did you say? Yeah, first time. Wow, okay. You're, you're like me, I think. You know, you can tell the online business people, right? We just, we, <laughs> yeah. we don't get amongst it in the workplace. Yeah, you can tell now, I've been sitting so in, sitting in like...
1: here uh, working the whole time during the pandemic. So, yeah, um, yeah but um, the... Uh, definitely the pandemic accelerated, yeah. uh, everybody moving online. Um, I think it just brought everything forward a couple of years and yeah. because people had no choice, they said like, I have this business, it's offline now, but I have to figure out a way to make it online. Mm-hmm. And so it went from like, that would be a nice thing to do to like, I have no choice. I have to find a way to bring it online. Mm-hmm. And so for us, um, 2020 was a, a really big year. Um, definitely, but at the same time like i guess my my only uh the way i think we could have potentially done better is we actually had so many customers coming to us that we couldn't really do much other marketing um it's a great problem to have but i think we we could have capitalized on it even more and grown even more if we had the the capacity to mm-hmm. at that time
0: you you didn't foresee a once in a lifetime um plague coming <laughs> <laughs> no no i didn't Okay, cool. So let me get my timeline around some of this. So did you say you started Heights in 2015? Yeah, 2015 is
1: when it was like essentially a side project of our team.
0: Gotcha. 2018, you actually launched it. Was that what you were saying then? Yeah,
1: like a a public soft launch. um, Didn't make too much of a deal about it. And then January 2020 was the the big marketing push and and telling everybody
0: about it from, from there on gotcha so it was about 3 years of development to create it mm-hmm. 2 years of kind of like fine tuning to get it ready to big launch yep and then, and then the big launch january 2020 can you give a, can you speak numbers like how many people how many people you had on the software i guess before january 2020 and then maybe at the end of 2020 do you have those numbers handy or do you know rough guidelines there mm-hmm. I'll put the links down in the show notes.
1: Yeah, so I can't share exact numbers for everything, but um, I think I can share something that would be helpful. Um, So definitely like when the soft launch, like 2018, um, we we really just had a few customers um, and like trials trickling in here and there. Um, But uh, really like the customers we had, like the goal from them, was just to figure out like, what can we learn from them about Mm -hmm. what we're building just to make sure, are we on the right track? Is there something we're missing? Is there something that's confusing? Um, Mm -hmm. Things like that. And um, I would say that uh, if somebody who's listening or watching this, if you're a course creator and you're trying to figure out, well, what's the takeaway for me here? Um, We always tell people that you should validate the idea first before you go and sell the course, try to prove that people actually want to buy it prove Mm -hmm. that people would actually take it um, and also understand what they need to learn. So you can build the content the right way. And so an example of like how important that is, I think is when we started and we had just those few customers kind of trickling in um, that really did help us to get the feedback from them and, and understand that. But then even after we launched, and in 2020 and had the bigger launch and getting all these customers coming in that actually, we still were getting so much more feedback and so mm-hmm. much more information that I think we could have ac- accelerated it by doing some promotions a little bit earlier, just to get those few extra customers, not for the revenue, but mm-hmm. for that extra feedback earlier on, because I think we we kind of accelerated understanding and development because of that new feedback of all the the extra customers coming in. And so I would say like, that's definitely a, a point to how important that is as a entrepreneur. Um, so even if you're saying, okay, well, I'm at this stage right now, I'm in this pre-launch phase. I, I hear what you're saying. I am going out there and trying to get some feedback, um, get more feedback <laughs> um, because it really is uh, helpful um, to understand that. But um, I guess to, for the next continuation of your your question, then. So, um, yeah, by the end of 2020, um, we were able to officially say that uh, we had thousands of customers in more than 100 co- uh, countries. So,
0: wow. Okay. So I've got two questions with that. Firstly, in regards to the the feedback you were getting, what kind of feedback was that? Because I think that'll be useful for for course creators listening to this as well. And being like, oh, yeah, that would be handy if my course platform had that. Oh, that is a good idea there. So what what kind of feedback were you getting? And also continuation of that, what were you kind of missing at the start that you were like, I never thought about that?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I'm going to have to try to remember some of that. Um, I spend so much time looking through feedback of uh, customers. Um, So like we have a a public roadmap now where we expose some of the things that we're planning and, and working on. Um, but the, we don't show like the full private one, which has thousands of features in it. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, we don't show it first of all, for like some competitive reasons, but also because it's too much for somebody to go through and, and even figure out. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of different ideas, lots of things that we, we still want to build even now years into it. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking of some of that feedback. So, um, definitely it revolved around things like the the process, I think. So like we had the right idea, like people want to be able to create a course, they want to be able to upload their uh, content or videos, they want to be able to sell the course, um, they want to be able to ideally like have a subscription, a membership. Um, but I think the questions were more around um, like the user interface and like how to do those certain things. So they knew like, okay, well, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And the, a lot of the good feedback was from things, understanding of like, oh, I didn't realize that you had this option, but it was down here. Or mm-hmm. that I didn't realize that I had to do this and click this button so I could make this happen. And so it was a lot around, especially like clarifying the interface in how it could work certain ways. Let's take a quick break. iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show
0: notes below. Yeah, gotcha. I think that's important for software as well. Like, I'm a sucker for that too. You know, I'm um, like, yeah, like I'll, I'll look at a software and I'm like, right, I want to be able to do th- I'll just use an example. Like, let's say, just because I've used it recently, which is Thrivecart, which I'm sure most people are kind of familiar with here. And there's kind of there's there's two things. One of them was like one of my subscribers wanted to change their card details, and I was kind of like, well, hey, "Where on my thing do I go and, and do this?" You know. And then you know, emailed support, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's how you do it." But it just wasn't super in, intuitive. Um, and that one, I guess, wasn't too bad actually because they did send me a link to the FAQs, and I probably could have googled, you know, FAQ um, Thrive Card, yada yada yada. Uh, but then the other tricky one as well was like and one that I'm, I'm still kind of doing here is is the abandoned cart so i've i kind of use between sam cart and thrive cart for you know for different cart things and sam cart makes it quite easy there's just an abandoned cart thing and then i can go and just see all the the people that did it thrive cart i don't know if they do that i i had a bit of a, a look on their faqs and whatever and it looks like you can kind of automate it where if someone is abandoned cart, they automatically go to your your CRM, but I just like to see the list, you know? And then, but same kind of thing. I'm like, how do I, where, where do I click to, to go and do it? And I don't know, maybe they do it. Maybe they don't, you know, but I've gone and emailed support again, but I feel that's a big thing with software. And also in terms of the tickets, you know, like the clearer you have the layout and how you can do kind of stuff the less you're going to get idiots like me, you know, emailing you back and forth saying, well, how do I do this little thing? And how do I do this little thing? Does, that must be a frustrating thing for for you, right? Well, definitely. Um, yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, the better we can design it, uh, the the more we can reduce customer questions like that. Um, but at the same time, uh, we pride ourselves on like the customer support that we provide. Um, yeah. Myself as the the CEO and product director, I still spend time, uh, pretty much every day, looking at our support questions as well. Um, so, because I, I really care about our customers, and I think it, it's kind of my job. Like, I should understand like what are their challenges, where where are they getting confused, to make sure that I'm building everything the right way, instead of only hearing it through a filter through my support team.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but what I like to say about that, like as a designer, uh, when it comes to to making things easy to understand. Um, I like to say never underestimate the customer's ability to uh, be confused about something, yeah. And so, <laughs> <good> or, <laughs> or to or to misunderstand something. So, yeah. Um, yeah, never never underestimate somebody's ability to misunderstand something. Yeah. And because there is, I mean, this applies to everything, not just building software. But I think this was really yeah. important for me to understand for like building e-commerce websites, for yeah. building courses, um, everything like that. Because you might say, okay. I've built this landing page. I made it really clear. This is what it is. This is what it's mm. about. This is what you get. And there's an FAQ section. And then you find somebody sends you a message through your, your live chat, or your contact forum, and they ask a question and you're thinking to yourself, well, it says it there. I have it there. Mm. I already I already did that. But mm. that's super helpful because then that's the kind of thing that you find out and realize, you know what? Maybe I have to say it more prominently. Maybe mm. I have to say it twice. Maybe I have to say it three times. Yep. And that kind of feedback and information is really important to help make sure that everything's clear.
0: Bang on. I'll give a, a couple examples from the course creator side of things. So um, a lot of my courses are accredited courses, right? So if you're a personal trainer, you take this course, there's an assessment at the end of it, you get a certificate, you can count that as your professional development, right? Um, mm-hmm. And one of the common ways when when we started off in 2014 because some of them are, are, are practical fitness videos, right? One of them's on kettlebells, for example. So the assessment involves, hey, send us over a video of you doing you know, these five kettlebell exercises, right? And the easiest way to do it back then was via YouTube. It was like, great, go and upload a, a video on YouTube, put it unlisted, send us the link, happy days, right? I don't know how familiar you are with, with YouTube, Ryan, but there's kind of, you can do unlisted or you can do private, right? Yep. Unlisted, and for the listeners as well, unlisted means that like any, it, it's not public on YouTube. No one can find it. But as long as you send the person the link, happy days. If you've got it on private, you need to personally invite the person with their email address, right? And the amount of times that people would, would tick private instead of unlisted. And we get frustrated. We're like, it says unlisted. Why are they doing private, you know? And then the more we got into it, we realized it was two things. Like, A, for us, because we saw it so many times. It's easy for us to be like, man, this is so frustrating. But for someone that isn't like us and hasn't seen it many times and is maybe uploading YouTube for the first time, it's different. So there's a difference between us saying, hey, make sure you put it unlisted and saying, hey, make sure you put it unlisted, not private. If you have it as private, we won't be able to see it. So it's super important that you have it unlisted. Here's a screenshot. This is the one you tick unlisted, right? And if you listening yep. to this, you're thinking, oh, like that sounds like a lot of work, but you have to do it once. It's just like literally a five-minute job making that explanation a little bit longer and having the screenshot there, and then you never have those those dramas again. So, and I, I look at it kind of twofold. Number one is as the course creator, you you know this stuff inside out. You've created it; it's easy for you to see. You you shouldn't be the test whether you can see what's on there. You should get exactly. the dumbest, per- or not should say the dumbest, like the person that has as little idea on on you know that online course side of things. See if they can figure it out. If they can figure it out, okay, cool. You know, it's it's good enough there. Um, And then the other thing is just the, the amount of times you see it. I think it's very easy as a course creator for us to be like, how many times have I got to say this? You know, how many times have I got to tell people this? But there's a, di- like, yeah, you may have told a thousand people that, but that person's hearing it for the first time. So I think that's very easy to to get confused in the the course creator side of things. Uh, but hey, Brian, I, w- I want to move on from here and and get some um, get some tips from you. So you know, this, you've you've thousands of course creators, hundreds of countries. Like it's going to be a lot of people listing this that are like, man, I'm kind of struggling to create my online course. Or I'm struggling to sell my online course. What are some tips you can give our our listeners there, both in terms of the the creation side to actually get it done and and up and ready and good. Uh, And then also to actually sell it as well. Sure.
1: Um, So the number one thing that we tell everybody is that you want to make sure you're building the course around a result and Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're also selling it around that result. And so before you do anything, before you start creating the content or any of that, think about what is the actual result that you want to provide. And it's really important because this clarifies not only informing the content that you're going to build, but it also is what you're going to promote and market because Mm -hmm. nobody wants to just take a course. That's another reason that, that somebody buys your course. So if you have a course and you're teaching, let's say mobile application development, nobody wants to learn mobile application development. There's a reason that they want to learn it. So in that particular case, maybe the person's reason is that they want to build a mobile app and they want to get their first mobile app launched and launch a mobile app business. So then the more appropriate result and name for your course would be how to launch your first mobile app. And so that's what you want to figure out. What is the transformation or result that your potential customer is actually looking for? And then make sure that that's super clear on your landing page everywhere else. Don't use buzzwords because as we were talking about before and what everybody understands You may understand these buzzwords very clearly uh, to yourself and your industry, but that doesn't mean your customers do. So use plain language and explain exactly what is that result that they're getting, and then use that result to build your content. So work backwards from there. If I'm going to teach somebody how to build their first mobile app in 30 days, then what does day one look like? What does day seven look like? And build your content from there. And as far as being successful with all of that, I would say that the biggest mistake that uh, I repeat again and again, seeing uh, people make is uh, it's not that their branding isn't good. It's not that their marketing isn't good. It's not that their content isn't good. It's that they simply fail to launch their course. Mm -hmm. And because I've seen examples of all of the other three where it's you could consider that it's just basically no good. But they're still getting sales. So there's we have creators where there's non-existent branding. They they have a Heights account and they've never changed any of the default color scheme. They never even uploaded their logo. It Still says Heights, and they just don't really care about any of that. But they're getting customers, and we have we have customers who are building six figure businesses, and they still haven't really taken the time to to add a logo. And then on the same same side we have customers who they have, uh, maybe they're really good at at marketing, maybe their branding is great, Uh, maybe their content is great, Um, maybe their their content's really kind of suffering, but they're just great at marketing. Mm. And in in any of those examples, we have customers who are successful creators and are getting paying customers. Um, But the one example where they aren't successful is always the one that doesn't launch. Because if you don't launch your product, you can't, Get customers. So um, I would say the number one thing is to figure out a deadline for yourself and get the product out there, whether it's a course, a coaching program, a membership a membership site, just find a way to get it out there.
0: Love it. I'll piggyback because there's some really good points there. So I want to uh, expand on a couple of them. Um, I love how you've said focus on the result to start with, because I think there's, I see that as two major points there. A, from like a sales side of things. Uh, You kind of mentioned, Brian, no one wants to pay just for info. Info is free. I can go on Google now or YouTube and get info on pretty much any topic in the world, right? The only reason I would pay for the course is if they're going to give me the result at the end of it. Like, Let's use that mobile app development. I'm not an app guy. Uh, But even still, I'm sure I could probably jump on Google and be like, okay, let me search about apps and let me see how they work. And let me see all the info like I probably could, right? So the only way I'm going to pay for the course is if it's going to save me doing all that and get me the end result in the start. And I think to, to go on top of that as well is time. So I think 10, 15 years ago, the more info in the course, the better. That's what made it more valuable. It was like, oh, look how valuable this course is. It's got so much information in there. However, the, now we've got the internet, you know, information is, is a commodity. There's almost too much of it. So it's kind of like yep. the shorter the course, the better. Like if I wanted, same example, exactly. if I wanted more info, I would just go on Google and read every single blog and listen to every single podcast that would take me forever. So it's kind of like the, the info is, is I look at it as the opposite. If I've got two choices, Hey, you know, you can, you can, um, he's had he's had to get a, an app up and running. Do this course that's going to take you fifty hours, or do this course that's going to take you five? I'm doing the five. It's a tenth of the amount of of information in there, but I'm going to pick that shorter one. And you know what? I'd also pay more for that shorter one as well. If it's like do this fifty yeah, hour course exactly. and it's you know it's it's a thousand bucks, or do this one in five hours and it's two thousand providing it, it's good and it gets the result obviously I'm not saying just you know get a junk course together but providing yeah. it, it it providing the end result is the same right I will pay more for the the shorter one there and it's not even just um it's not even just like tech and courses like my background's in fitness same kind of thing with fitness right if you want to lose yep. 5 kilos or, or 10 pounds if you're in your part of the you you use pounds right yeah yeah you know if you want to use 10 10 pounds and I can show you how to do it in 10 weeks and someone's going to show you how to do it in a year. Well, who's going to take the year? You're going to take the exactly. you know, you're going to take the, yeah. the shorter yeah. one there.
1: Fitness is a, a perfect example for it because if you if you had a magical course that I could snap my fingers twice and then after a day I would lose 10 pounds, that's worth even more. You know, that's the that's I, people would pay a ton for that versus the one that says, well, this is a year-long program, you're gonna to have to do it every single day for a year.
0: Let's um, go even let's go even deeper as well right even if it is the same that w- let's say we both have 10 w- let's say me and Brian are both trainers we both have a 10 week program um you go with with me you train an hour a day right for 10 weeks you go with Brian he's got a 10 minute workout that gets the same result who's going to do the hour one <laughs> right everyone will take that that quicker one there so i i love that yeah uh, yeah but i, I think s- it's
1: great to kind of piggyback that onto the the idea and the the concern of like getting your course out there and getting it launched. And I think this is a great thing to consider that you don't need to have the most lessons ever. That's not what Mm. makes it valuable. It's just getting the person to that result. And so it's actually a challenge, I think, to make it as short as possible. How can you make your course as short as possible and still get the person to that result? And because you really, it's, it's not to anyone's benefit to make it longer Um, so you never worry about saying like, well, I got to promote that. My course has hundreds of lessons or whatever. Mm. Um, it's really, that's not important, um, for, for your customer or, or for you, you want to make sure that you can give them the smallest amount of lessons that will get them to that result. And that's what, what's going to give the happiest customer in the end.
0: Yep. And I'll, I'll explain, I'll I'll explain why I think that's also hard for course creators as well. Uh, like it's the right thing to do, but this is why I think as course creators, we find this hard. A, we're usually so passionate about the topic, right? Like I'm so Mm -hmm. passionate about course creation. I could speak all day on the whys and the this and the that. But like the person taking the course, they don't need to be as passionate as me about that topic there. Uh, And on top of that, I think also as course creators, because we've spent whatever you're teaching, You've spent a lot of time mastering that topic there, so you really value it, and you think it's so important that everyone else you know knows as much as you on this topic here. But same kind of thing, like you're the teacher; they're never going to know as much as you. You just need to know uh, tell tell them what they need to have there. So I think that's an important point. I also I want to touch on two things there: a getting it out there, because the important thing there, in my opinion, is the feedback. Because let's say you get it out there and it works, happy days. Let's say you launch and no one buys. Okay, that's all right. At least you've got feedback. Why didn't someone buy? You know, was it the marketing? Was it the sales? Was it the topic? You know, whatever it may be. If you've got that feedback there, you can do something about it and then have another crack. Let's use a a person A and person B again. Let's say me, I want to get my course perfect and it takes me a year to put it together. And then I think I'm ready to launch and I launch at the end of the year. Or let's say Brian, he's like, right, I'm going to launch it in 12 weeks to the best I can. He launches it in 12 weeks and he makes zero sales. He's like, okay, that's all right. Let me see where I went wrong. Let me improve it. Let me do it again in 12 weeks time. Does it in 12 weeks time? Maybe make zero sales again. He's like, that's all right. Let me tweak it again. Do it again. Now, maybe he makes five sales 12 weeks later. Now he's like, okay, now I'm starting to get the hang of it. Let me do it 12 weeks later again. Launches 12 weeks later again. Now he's another 10 sales, right? So now after a year, I've tried to make it perfect. I launch it. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Brian's launched it four times. He's already got 15 people going through it. I'm going to back Brian every single time to beat me there. It's still a year's journey, right? Probably still spent the same amount of time on the course that one person's launched it four times, one person hasn't. I'm going to back that person that's launched it four times. Uh, and I want to touch on like the buzzwords as well. I got a really good example of this more from a mm. Facebook group than a course, but it kind of, yes. it's, it's the same philosophy. So, and if you're a, a regular podcast listener, you may have heard me tell this story before. So I've got a friend of mine that's uh, in the finance space, right? He's a mortgage broker and he wanted to create a a Facebook group to help like, you know, other mortgage brokers and and finance people. Right. And his business is called um, Python wealth. Right. So we call this Facebook group the Snake Pit. Right? Mm-hmm. You get it? You know, it's clever. Mm-hmm. It's clever. It's cute. You know, it's it's smart. But no finance people are finding that group. Right. No one's typing in Facebook and, and typing in the snake pit, you know? And even if it's show, even if it's shown to you on Facebook, hey, join this Facebook group, the snake pit. You're not going to know that's for mortgage brokers or finance people. You're going to think it's for snake enthusiasts, right? Yeah. So, and it's the same kind of thing with courses. And that's one of the most common questions I get on my Facebook group. Hey, I'm thinking of, you know, creating this course. Here's the title. What do you think? And the title's usually super creative, super clever, but I don't know what the crap the course is about. So it's like um yeah I agree with you 100% on on that thing there. But hey um Brian we're we're coming to the end of the podcast here. There's just a couple of questions I always like to finish up with. You're obviously a mentor for plenty of people out there in the the course creator space. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been over the years and if you can share this in a few different ways. If you could give us like a paid mentor to someone that you've paid money to, you've done their course or coaching program an unpaid mentor to someone you haven't done their course or program, but you follow them on social media and they give really good advice about online business, if possible, online courses, uh, and then a book that you recommend every online course creator should read. All right. So that's a good one. Um, Hmm. Paid mentor.
1: Um, I feel like I should have more of that now. Um, I haven't had someone recently, um, but it is super important. Um, so I, I feel like more recently what it's been has been service providers for us. So um, like people who we hire to help us with one specific thing yeah, related to marketing or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a specific name for that, um, but definitely it's been instrumental in helping to basically making sure that we take the action to realize when this is not our domain expertise that we yeah. should bring somebody in else to help That's with that. Fun. Um, as far as unpaid, um, he's been pretty popular recently. I would say, uh, Alex Hormozzi. Um, oh, yeah. I think he does a excellent job of explaining everything of how to structure and create offers. Um, so definitely if, uh, if you're somebody who is not familiar with him, definitely check him out. Um, I would recommend his book too, I guess as well. Um, cause he he's selling his book, I think for 99 cents, um, hundred million dollar offers. Um, Mm. it's an awesome read. And, uh, I think especially for our audience, I like to see, like, I kind of see our audience in particular at Heights platform as more of the creator than the digital marketer, Mm. but ultimately to be successful with your online course, your coaching, your membership, you have to understand marketing at some level. You have to start to learn all that. And so, yeah, yeah, I think, um, the 100 million offers is a great read even if you're you don't have the ambitions to have a 100 million dollar business um, it's still really uh, excellent advice
0: yes so yeah love that you've you've mentioned him I met him actually last week Brian I was in oh, awesome. um, yeah I was in San Diego for Traffic and Conversion Summit one of the big like mm. you know uh, online marketing summits in the world and he was one of the speakers and he was by far the most popular as well like all the heavy hitters were there, you know Frank Kern, uh, Ryan Dice, Logan Paul was there, right? The the influencer, um, Jocko yeah. Willink was there, you know the um uh, the military guy who's, who's you know, best selling author, and Alex Ormosi had the most popular session. There were people lining up to to get photos with him. So I'm I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I th- I think that book I think is probably the best marketing book I've ever read. Uh, And I've read them all, right? I think that's, yeah, probably the best book I've ever read, especially in the course creative space. And even, I think you hit it on the head well, Brian, even if you don't want to have a hundred million dollar business, there's certain just principles in there. He's he's got it. He's he's written the book so well in terms of principles where it's kind of like, right.
1: It's very, very clear. No fluff. Just, he really, you can tell he took time to get right to the important points that you have to know.
0: Yeah. And, and to the, to the, to the, like such, he's almost got to a science, you know? Hey, you want to improve your offer? He Here, He's how you can do it with bonuses. He's how you do it with urgency. He's how you do it with scarcity. He's how you do it with guarantees, right? Even if as a course creator, you don't, you don't do all of those. You're like, oh man, that's too salesy. I don't want to have bonuses and urgency and scarcity and guarantee. Maybe you pick one. Maybe you're like, you know what? I could add a guarantee. And if you do it, your sales will only improve more. Maybe you pick two you know what? Maybe I could add a bonus in there. Okay. Now you make a few more, you know what? Maybe I could have, you know, so it's, it's written very, very well. So yeah, I think it's a very good person there. Um, all right, Brian, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that are like, okay, this man is cool. He knows his stuff when it comes to the course creation side of things. Where do we go to, to follow you? I know you've got your special at the moment. I know you've got your podcast, you've got your Heights platform, probably got your personal social media. Where where do we go to, to follow you?
1: Yeah, so I guess where uh, I'm not too active on social media. I guess the best place to find me and, and hear me talking about things is on our own podcast, uh, the Creators Adventure. Um, you can find that at the the creatorsadventure.com. Um, but really the big thing we're doing right now is promoting this giveaway, um, which again is at heightsplatform.com slash giveaway. If you want to hear more about that, and we're giving away over6, thousand dollars of tools and equipment to creators. So essentially everything you need to get your online course or coaching business launched, we are giving away a camera, a complete lighting setup, uh, Elgato Cam Link, so you can plug the camera right into your computer and use it really easily, Um, a lifetime heights account. So you have heights forever uh, to use, Um, our course, so you learn how to launch your course, and a consultation with me as well. So a real lot to be able to win there. Um, if, uh, if that sounds interesting to you, definitely check out heightsplatform.com giveaway.
0: I'm going to opt in right now. Can I opt in? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I like the sounds of that. Um, I wish we didn't plug it would have had more chance of me winning it, you know, now <laughs> listeners are going to be in there, but that's all right. You know, I, I like, I'd prefer my listeners to win anyway, to be honest. Um, awesome. All right, Brian. Well, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. Is there anything I should have asked you, but forgot to, or anything you want to finish us off with?
1: Um, no, I think, um, we could go on forever talking about, uh, online courses, but, uh, uh, yeah, the last thing I guess I would just drive home is if you are planning to build some kind of course coaching membership, uh, make sure that you go and actually get it launched.
0: Yes. Agree. Do you like, you like this screen? Can you see my screen now, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. That's great. Me with Alex or Mosey. Awesome. All right, Brian. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Thanks so much, Jenna.